this up as I go. What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. You just don't know when to give up, do you? I need to do this all day. The Matt Sodnicker Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is Matt Sodnikar. Thank you so much for listening and when you send messages and send suggestions, I really appreciate it. Your your feedback and your support means a lot. And with me is uh, my friend Anthony DeLeo. He's the founder of Bespoke Velo in Australia. We've been friends for a very, very long time and I've been waiting to do this conversation with Anthony for a while. And Anthony, good evening, good morning. How are you doing, buddy? Good, mate. How are you? Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm looking forward to it. I was looking, trying to figure out how long we've known each other. It's been six, seven years. I was trying to go back through Instagram, or and that's how we met, yep. wasn't it? Just through the through the gram, right? It was definitely it was uh, social media. Um, yeah, I think it would be at least. I think it'd be six years. Yeah, I think I think it, at least six years. So it's um, uh, it's been it's it's been actually amazing that it's. It's been so long that we've, uh, you know, we've known each other, and um, you know, you've been an amazing support of, of myself. So, uh, very, very much looking forward to having a, a good chat to you. Yeah. So, I want to get to what, uh, well, what you mean to me, Anthony. But before that, let's talk about uh, bespoke velo. That's uh, that's a very cool story. Um. So bespoke velo was, as you know, um, was originally Full Beam Australia, which I started, um, I think, eight years ago, today, uh, eight years ago, roughly, um, and it was born out of uh, uh, riding a lot during the morning uh, and needing lights um, because at that stage my, my two kids were, were young and my wife wasn't working, so I'd get up and ride early every morning and... and got really uh, focused on getting better lights and um, found a company in Scotland called Full Beam and got talking to them and they're like, oh, you know, let's let's send you some lights, but why don't you try and sell some? And I'm like, oh, okay. I hadn't thought of that, had, hadn't thought of venturing into the cycling industry. Um, you know, my, my industry that I've been in for the last 20 years is the audiovisual industry and... Um, Cycling was a, was a passion, but wasn't something I'd ever thought of venturing into um, business-wise. But uh, if truth be known, the reason why I said yes was because they were going to give me some cheap lights. I thought, oh well, if I'm going to get some cheap lights, well, why not? <laughs> right? Why not? Let's 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 try this e-commerce thing. And um, and Full Beam Australia was literally just a spin-off of uh, Full Beam Lights from Scotland, and um, it started off with you know, four products on a website. I had no idea what I'm doing. And, and I would say probably eight years later, I still don't have much of an idea of what I'm doing. But um, uh, things have things have grown. Um, and uh, yeah, Bespoke Velo is, is, is the new incarnation of Full Beam Australia. Uh, Full Beam Australia um, doesn't really represent what what, what I do anymore as far as uh, there's no lighting in our repertoire. It's... Um, uh, I was sick of saying 
full beam Australian, it's beam, beam of light, M for Mary. Uh, that was part of the reasoning of changing the name. And um, I thought changing the website provided a good opportunity to rebrand and, and, and sort of relaunch. So, and, and obviously, as you know, Matt, with COVID, um, certainly gave us a bit more time to devote to it. Um, so in some ways, COVID has been a real positive. Uh, obviously, it's been a negative in so many ways for, for people around the world. And, um, you know, I live in Melbourne and, and as most, well, I assume a lot of people around the world know we were the most locked down city in the world. Um, I think in the last two years, my kids missed uh, nearly 18 months of schooling. So yeah, it's been, it was a challenging, challenging period of time having kids schooling at home and my wife being a teacher, uh, and uh, working from home and, and then myself uh, trying to work a couple of jobs and, and being in sales. As you know, Matt, you're always talking and I was constantly getting told to move and go away because they were constantly in video Zoom calls and Zoom <laughs> meetings. So uh, I ended up um, setting up office in the garage, which has uh, been the best thing I've ever done because it's my own little domain. So um, I don't get hassled too much. But yeah, so... Yeah, Bespoke Velo is kind of just spawned from Full Beam Australia. Um, it's been a journey. Uh, we've, I think we've been on a very similar journey and, um, you know, it's still still not my full-time gig. Um, I've spent thousands of hours on it, so you would hope it would be, but uh, it's not yet. It's I'm hopeful that it'll get there and um, it certainly is, is tracking in the right way, but um, yeah, long way from uh, paying the mortgage yet with Bespoke Velo, but we're getting there. Well, that's, that's really all it is, right? I mean, we didn't <clears throat> get into this for the money. <laughs> I'm, assuming you're, I'm assuming you're not a, a big Australian millionaire now with Bespoke Velo, right? <laughs> Absolutely not, mate. Definitely not. I'm a, a one-man one man band. I, uh, I take the orders. I pack the orders. I do the social media, um, maintain the website. I do everything. So yeah, occasionally my, my kids will step in and give me a bit of a, bit of a hand, but no, uh, bespoke Velo is a, a one man show. So yeah, definitely not, definitely not doing it for the money, mate. <laughs> Well, when you were when you were talking about the origin story, it took me back to a, a mountain bike ride I had. Oh, geez, this must have been 15, 18 years ago when I was still getting still getting my cycling feet wet. And there was a, a ride up here called Waterton Canyon, and it's basically just a service road to a dam, and then there's some single track up towards the top. And went up there and I thought I had turned correctly for this little loop and I had gone the wrong way and started going into this, you know, huge descent. I was having a blast and all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, this isn't right. I'm having way too much fun. The sun's going down. So I hike a bike back up. I start coming down and <clears throat> it's getting pretty dark and, um, <laughs> I, um, kind of walking the curves where I can't see the, 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 the moon is you know, luckily it's a full moon. So I come across these campers and was literally like, you know, five miles from the trailhead. And this, this guy, uh, he asked me a question. So I'll set this up. So say, say the word light in Australian for me. Light. 
<laughs> so so this guy was Australian and he goes, Do you have a lot? I'm like, What? <laughs> what? Like, Do you have a lot? I'm like, <laughs> You know, and I'm I'm calorie deficit dehydrated at this point. And so he stops. He goes, do you have a light? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, no. And he was like, well, do you want to camp with us? I was like, dude, no. I'm like I'm four miles like on this fire road to get home. Yeah. yeah. And I finally get home, get back to the car. And the parking lot's cleared out. It's it's my car and the serial killer van that's sitting right there. <laughs> but I had completely forgotten that long, boring story until you had said the word "light" in in your in your yeah. accent. <laughs> you got a light, mate. That's what you should. Do, mate. You got a light. <laughs> Yeah, keep going on uh, on how bespoke has been growing because I, I still want to sure because the reason that I I wanted to have this conversation and I think you are definitely one of the the flashpoints for this podcast is that it was the when I started this podcast it was about business and I always wanted to talk about not not so much the the results or things like that, but it was born out of seeing my own struggles and the disconnect I felt between like big articles in ink or entrepreneur, but they would always devote like a little bit of time to the, what I call the basement struggle. Yeah. Or in your case, the garage struggle. It's the garage here, mate. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But they, they always, kind of just oh anthony started this there was a little bit of lean years and then bam you know you're on right and um i just wanted to always talk to other people that really just kept going and the the mental side of not so much having zero reward but i guess looking for other rewards while this is getting going and yeah. what is your thoughts on that um i'm i'm still waiting for that bang mate so i'll let you know when that happens <laughs> um oh look definitely there's been periods of time where um i've i've just let full when it was full beam australia just let it run idle really it just ticked along and because you do as you know you, you tend to devote so much time to it um, and a lot of a lot of late nights. Obviously, I'm 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 in Australia, and, and most of the manufacturers I deal with are either in the US, Europe, um, or the UK. So the time differences are, you know, are significant. And, and and to communicate like we are now, I'm I'd often be up till one, two a.m. and you know trying to work a full time job, trying to be a dad and a husband, and and probably not doing any any of it very well because just just sleep deprived and um and and mentally just you know just cooked from the hours and and not getting the rewards and yes you get a you get you do get small rewards and that keeps you going there's no doubt about it um but it's just the the amount of times where i've thought that the doors were opening and 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 finally this is going to work and then for one reason or another it just didn't happen and um 
you know, and, and it's incredibly frustrating and, 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 and soul destroying at times. And I, there were times over the, you know, over the, the last few years where I just took time out and just thought, um, you know, I need to, I need to reset, not think about it too much. And, uh, you know, my wife many times has said to me, you know, is this thing ever going to make any money? You devote so much time to it. Um, you know, you're sacrificing family time to get this going. And I'm like, I'm pretty stubborn and I dig my heels in and I'm going, yes, it will. Yes, it will. But you know, there's been, there's many times where I've thought, uh, what am I doing? You know, this is mm-hmm. I'm doing it cause I, I love it and I love, you know, bicycles and cycling and, 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 and all the accessories and all the bits and, um, but from a, from a, a financial point of view, there's been many times where I thought, what the hell, this is ridiculous. I am wasting my time, but then you get a little, you know, you just get a little sniff. The door, the door opens a little bit, <laughs> and, and that ray of light comes through, and you're like, "Hey, this is this can work. This can work," and it keeps you going again. And um, I've had that many times, and you know, things from doing social media posts, and you get all this these people happy and excited about your products, and it's great, and you get all you get all g'd up that hey, this is going to really work, and then. The next post you do, you get no interest. It's just, um, you know, and, and that's why I find, oh, look, I respect businesses and, and, and people who are able to get that ball rolling. And, um, you know, I think often things in life are, are about timing, you know, everything from, uh, you know, you, the traffic in the morning to, um, you know, missing missing the numbers on, on Lotto or whatever you guys call it over there, or um, I don't know, life, as I've gotten a bit older, I've learned that life is about timing. And um, sometimes things, stars just don't align and that's life. Um, And, you know, I'm working hard to get this going. And it's definitely, look, COVID, as I said, was probably the best thing that ever happened because I devoted... uh, so much more time to it because I had the time because my original, my traditional nine to five job, you know, had been put on, you know, one third of the hours. Um, so I came to the realization, well, now's the time to dig in and see if I can get this thing to work. Um, and, and obviously cycling went absolutely bananas on a global scale with COVID and lockdowns. So that helped. Um, and yeah, it kind of grew from that. Uh, I kind of got myself out of a bit of a hole with it, got enthusiastic again and and started to see that, hey, maybe this could work. Uh, and then Bespoke Velo, look, that's taken 12 months of um, a lot of work to get, um, get the changeover. You know, just I had no idea how long it would take or, you know, just little things from an e-commerce um, point of view just to get um, PayPal to integrate with the new name and, and without having to do a completely new, um, uh, a completely new uh, PayPal account, you know, that took, I think I spent mm. four hours on a phone one day trying to get that to work. It was just all those things that just take so long that you don't realize. And and obviously trying to come up with a name, a logo, um, and as you know, mate, trying to get a website domain that's available a business name that you can register that's available and social media handle that all link. Um, (laughs) That that took me weeks, probably months. And 
Um, you know, Bespoke Velo, look, Bespoke sums up probably what the business is about now. It's it's about the artisan manufacturers and handmade stuff like, you know, like what you do, mate. It's it's made with love and passion and it's there's a soul behind it. It's not a it's not mass produced on a, you know, in a, in, in in an Asian factory. Um because that's what I want to do. I don't want to I don't want to sell stuff that is made by robot. You know, I, I love the fact that um, majority of the products that, that I import and sell are, are handmade and, and the people are like you and me, they're passionate um, and good humans. I, 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 I want to deal with good people. Um, I've had brands come and go and I've had some good brands that I've lost and, you know, but the people were uh, not, not great people to deal with. So, uh, life is not all about money, mate, as you know, and, uh, it's connecting with good, good humans and, and, and good people and, uh, Bespoke Velo, look, it's, it's opened up some amazing doors and I've met some such great people, um, you know, yourself being one of them and one of the first that, you know, I, I ever started to work with and, um, yeah, it's, it's, but it's challenging, and you know, if we, if you and I had lots of money that we could invest in marketing and uh, employing staff and uh, setting procedures up, you know, I'm sure we could make things go uh, better and quicker. But reality is, uh, that's not the position we're in. And uh, I look at it that you know, the day that when maybe that when the door cut goes ajar fully and that light is there, then I'll go, hey, all those uh, all those late nights were worth it. But you know, I'm enjoying the journey at the moment. It's been, it's been stressful, no doubt. Um, but I get great pleasure and joy in, um, you know, seeing people happy and, and buying some cool stuff. And, um, and a lot of the customers I have now have become friends. So, you know, it's a good thing. Yeah. I, I don't want to say that I'm so altruistic that, I wouldn't turn down a financial reward, but in those, in those years where, um, I felt nobody cared or sometimes even I didn't care honestly about the warm front and and that I would get, I would get an email or get an order or something. And I think you hit upon something amazing. It's just the, the connections Mm. that, are so important. And I remember, I think I told everybody I knew (laughs) when you had reached out and I was like, Holy shit. Like (laughs) some dude in Australia reached out and wants to talk about, uh, selling these things, the, the warm fronts over like literally around the planet. And I just, it was one of those, like, I never would have thought and just, um, that was just uh, an amazing moment, and just uh, yeah, I, I look at you, Anthony, as a as a mentor and a friend, and just there would be times when, and and a lot of people in Australia, and just how welcoming and friendly, and just kind of the posts, and it's like, man, I would, I know where Australia is on the map, right? But there would just be times when I would just look and like calculate the mileage or the time oh, wow. difference and and like man there's like something that i created and you created got p- 
people connected around the world. That's really cool. It and it is, and 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 it's the warm front is still one of my most favorite products, and everyone who buys one just honestly they you know they they love it and look at the reviews that we've had done not one review have we ever had has been negative it's always been amazing and um i mean there's i think quite a few reviews we've had here that have said it's it's just a it's a no-brainer it's a necessity a necessary part of your kit every year and and i think because it's so um it's a product that doesn't you know it doesn't scream out me me or um it's just so, I don't know, it's, 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 it's plain and I mean that in the nicest possible way. You know, there's no carbon fiber, there's nothing that doesn't have Castelli Scorpion all over it. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's just like this, it's like a bib, you know. It's like what I used to give my kids when they were feeding themselves, you know. And, and well, But when you wear it and you're thinking, my God, this product is ridiculous. Well, how does it work? And um, like I never, ever use a thermal base layer. I just wear that now. It's incredible. And, um, and I use the different versions now. So obviously it started with the ultralight and then the co the Cosalig. I don't know if I ever pronounced that correctly. Yeah. I don't know if I am either. <laughs> it sounds cool. And, um, you know, and then, and obviously now there's, and, and I'm telling you the, um, the mock-up you did with the, the paper, um, <laughs> I reckon, I think that is the key. You've got to keep doing those as limited editions or something. Cause that, I, I absolutely pissed myself laughing when I read it. I thought, How good is that? Um, and I think, I think that's it. If you can keep doing stuff like that, I think that's, um, I, I love it. I personally, I love it cause it's, it appeals to my sense of humor and, um, and it just, just looks great. So no, no, I'm very, very cool. Very, very cool product. But again, the warm front is just one of those things that, um, it just, it to not put too fine a point on it with a bit of uh, Aussie, Aussie slang. It, it just fucking works. And that's, um, that's what you want. So, well, thank you. And it's, and it's, and I well, thank you very humbling for you to call me uh, to say that, I'm a mentor. Well, I see you as a mentor to me, and I mean that genuinely because I've watched, I've watched your website transform over the years, and and always been, um, I just really admired it and admired your work and how you've connected with so many people, and um, you know, again from all over the world, you you've had ambassadors, and um, and I think it's, you know, I think it's amazing. You're in Colorado, and you you're talking to people around the world, and and getting things done and it's just awesome and i love that the made in colorado thing is really special and um you know obviously i don't know the intricacies of the us and 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 you know the states and everything else but i love the fact that you don't say just made in the usa but made in colorado i think that's cool um and that's and that's something that you know i want to apply to a product that we were speaking to uh, the other or last night about the new product that um, I'm building locally. So um, I want to put made in Melbourne, not just made in Australia. So yeah, I think it's, it's very cool. Well, thank you for saying that. And um, I think it was, uh, uh, I'm totally uh, Pete Holmes. He's a comedian. He, he had a, a meditation teacher that um, 
taught him that when you know somebody pays you a compliment, he's like, just count to five and just process it and just, yeah, you know, I don't want to have a lot of dead air here. Your, <laughs> um, your words are not lost on me. And I, I appreciate that so much. And, you know, sort of the, the, the warm front being born out of a darker period in my life. when I didn't really have any belief in myself to be like <laughs> recording a podcast and having, you know, to say, I've got an Australian distributor, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> it's amazing. And I, I don't, I wanted to tell the story about that, that moon landing print because oh, <laughs> so, so I'm a, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the onion and they had, uh, this fake look back on the moon landing and the headline and I'll, I'll post a picture of this. The headline was, holy fucking shit, <laughs> man walks on the moon. <laughs> and so, and the, the, the side story on this is when I worked for a clothing company years ago, my friend Sam up in Fort Collins, um, I was sending him uh, a screenshot of his jersey, his kit design, and I think that was the very first time I'd seen that onion headline. So I just did a whole screen grab and down at the bottom was like the onion headline behind it. So, (laughs) so, but like that never left me. And so like one of the, you know, always looking to advance the product. And so finding someone that could do the digital sublimation has been a continual challenge. And I finally found somebody in um in i think they're in portland and she's amazing like and i actually sent her this uh this this email and i said hey i wanted to find out if you'd print this and i said hey before you open this picture there's profanity in it there's not vulgarity there's not porno but i was like and i go hey if you don't want to print this that's fine she's like i don't care and then same thing with uh linda who makes these in colorado i said hey you know <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be sewing these things and say holy fucking shit on them, <laughs> but, and then then I did this uh, you know clearly a fake Photoshop post of you know Neil Armstrong on the moon and, and <laughs> I, think, um, I think I think you should bring at least one out a year every year. Okay, uh, so good. Um, but it's um, interesting to hear about you know you're talking about how warm front was at a period, you know, period in your life when, you know, things weren't great. And, um, it's amazing how little things, you know, along the way can just help you believe in yourself again. And, um, you know, I've had, I've had quite a few uh, periods over the last few years that have been, been tough. And, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, yeah, you do, you lose, you lose, confidence in, in what you do and um and hope sometimes and yeah again sometimes you just got to reset and there's many times where i've just literally just thought oh, this is just all too hard and it's not working and um I, I i can't get this thing to work and um you know and that's kind of cycling you know cycling's helped me over the years with with my you know some mental health battles and um yeah, so it, it is it is a connection, definitely. Um, 
you know, it's one place I'm not sure how you feel, but when I'm riding, I don't think about anything else. I just, I just ride and, um, the worries of the world get left behind and all that shit that you stress about. And, um, it's one of the beauties of, that I discovered and I discovered cycling really late in life. So, um, yeah, so, did I. so it's been a godsend in some ways. And, um, you know, it's also caused me a few injuries as well. You know, um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I've, I've had plastic surgery and, um, I did look like Brad Pitt prior to the plastic surgery. So, um, <laughs> anymore. um, uh, I've been hit by a car. I've, uh, I've, Oh, I've had quite a few injuries. Yet I played a lot of uh, sport when I was a young teenager and early adult, and and AFL football, which is pretty rough. And um, never had that many injuries, but start cycling, and I've had more than uh, more than I ever did playing sport when I was younger. So um, yeah, it's had its challenges, but um, never stops you wanting to get back on and um, just getting out, <coughs> getting out into the environment. You know, obviously. <coughs> Um, just getting away from the rat race and, and yeah, I don't know, you know, I enjoy riding with friends, but I also enjoy riding by myself and collecting my thoughts. And, um, as said, it's been, yeah, it's been one of those things in the last, you know, eight, nine years. that's uh, certainly helped me over the years. Um, but yeah. And again, yeah, I think back to that too, where there's been times where the only, the only two things that made me happy were my kids and yeah. riding a bike. Yeah. And when I, yeah, I discovered cycling late too. I think I bought my very first, actually my second road bike, which is my real new fit to me road bike was I think 2001. Yeah. And that was, <clears throat> that was in my thirties, I think. Yeah. But finding out late that I also had ADD, there were times when riding a bike was the only time that I got a sense of what, focus actually felt like yeah hmm, that's interesting so when were you diagnosed with ADD it would have been um 33 34 or something like that um okay. I could probably <clears throat> get a finer point on the timeline but it was about the same time my son was when he was you know like five or six and yeah. and it's it was an amazing gift because it bonded us because I was able to talk to him and say, we have the same brain. Like I know, I know what you're thinking. I know how you're feeling and not as a parent and sort of just that false or, uh, or that, <clears throat> that projecting, but yeah. just like, yeah, are, are you are you feeling like this? Are you thinking like this? Like, yeah. So it really it really bonded us, and so <clears throat> it was a gift to learn that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's amazing. Um, you know the fact that, and you've got that in common with your son, and like you said, it's a it's been a bond, it created a, a bond that will never be broken. So that's um, it's special. Um, yeah, none of us. Uh, I'm far from perfect. I can tell you far, far from perfect. So it's, um, there's no such thing as perfection. There's no such thing as normal. I don't think, um, there's no such thing as a perfect family that I've learned as I've gotten older. Every family is dysfunctional in some way. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, we're on a journey and cycling's part of that journey, but yeah, definitely. Um, 
at times in my life when I've struggled, it's 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 probably just kept me kept my head above water. It's just been an outlet to, and I don't do it enough. I don't I don't ride enough. I've, I go through periods where I, I just don't ride enough or ride much at all. Mm-hmm. And then I rediscover that fire again, and just like, why haven't I been doing this? Because um, you know, my wife constantly tells me I'm a miserable prick when I don't ride. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that was mentioned at my 40th birthday. She mentioned that quite, uh, quite uh, significantly in, in her speech, saying that, uh, <laughs> that uh, Anthony needs to ride, otherwise he's a grumpy, grumpy old man. Um, and everybody in the room just nodded their head yeah, because nodded their head. we're the same yeah. way. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's um, uh, we've just come back from a from an Easter holiday, a break where we go to a place um, in northern Victoria, about four hundred kilometers, so three hundred miles from where we live, uh, in a, a place called Bright, which is a it's a, it's a beautiful little um, foot of the mountains town, um, and the riding there is just it's a it's a cyclist mecca. Um, You've got amazing mountain bike trails, um, downhill, cross country, you name it, it's there. Then you've got amazing gravel gravel riding and, and road riding. If you want to spend days up in mountains riding, you ride through Bright. And I uh, did a lot of riding while I was there. And the first time I'd ridden every day for a long time. Um, and it was just, just the stress of life was just gone and it was just beautiful. Unfortunately, come back to reality and, and back to it. But um, <laughs> for that seven days, it was just, um, it kind of reminded me how much I love it. And, and just being out, out in the environment. Um, it's autumn in, in, in Victoria. And, and uh, although we, our trees, our native trees, gum trees don't, don't do the beautiful changing colors. There's so many um, maples and oak trees and uh, deciduous trees in bright and it's just spectacular. It's just all the colors and um, yeah, beautiful rivers running through it. And yeah, it's, it's just a a magic place and we go every year and um, it's one of those places that I could happily live. Um, It's, uh, it's beautiful, but yeah, just getting out, just getting out, into space again was um, was lovely, uh, and not seeing many people out on trails and um, yeah, it's nice to to have your own time. And I'm not sure about you, Matt, but my my everyday job, all I do is talk. That's my job, yeah. and and the last thing I want to do when I go away is talk. I just want to um, switch off. So uh, that's where cycling is also brilliant because if you go by yourself, uh, you don't have to bother about talking. You just, um, you know, just pedal and in your own thoughts. So, um, yeah, no, it's a beautiful thing cycling. And, um, I wish I'd discovered it a bit earlier in life, but, um, you're never too old. Well, one of my favorite sayings is that when the, the Voyager is ready, the guide will appear. So (laughs) very true. Yeah, I, I do my best to try to describe this to um, <clears throat> dates or relationships. It's like, look, I'm not like this isn't like I'm not going out and getting my cardio, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it, it's not an obsession. It's just this is part of my uh, DNA now. Yeah. Is that this is who I am and what I enjoy, and I like the the 
the various challenges of either the endurance or the skills yeah. on the mountain bike or sometimes just being stuck out in the, the cold or the wet and just, yeah, choosing to suffer a little bit. But Absolutely. it's just at the end of it, it's like, yeah, I've been tracking my weight for like five or six years and I'm relatively the same. And if I didn't ride, <laughs> I'd be like 300 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling very well, mate. Very well. Um, and yeah, it's it's uh, it is a magnificent sport. And it, look, it's one of those things. Um, I personally like. I don't follow a lot of cycling. Like I watch the tours and things like that. But I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a fanboy either. Not, no, I'm not a fan. Like my, I've got friends who will know every rider. Uh, whereas I. I couldn't care. I honestly don't care. I'm like, whatever. I, it's one of those <laughs> things where I prefer to ride than watch it. And it's like, it's like cars. I've, I've always loved cars. I've always liked cars that are fast. I've always enjoyed that, but I've never mm. been car racing. Like I've never, never really like F1 doesn't interest me one bit, even though I've been, you know, I've, I've gone to the Grand Prix in Melbourne a few times, but doesn't really do much for me. And, um, but I love cars. I absolutely love them. I've worked on them in my life and, and love them. But cycling is the same. I'd rather do it than watch it. I just don't. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't do it for me as much as a spectator sport. And I also think I'm probably a little bit pessimistic here. But um, you know, especially in the especially that you know in the road the road scene, I think so many of them uh, are not legit. As far as I'm not convinced that. Um, they're not doing something, a lot of them. Um, I think maybe they disguise it well. I don't know, but they get past things. But, um, yeah, I probably I probably don't respect a lot of them. And, and I just think – I just don't think it's possible to do what they do um, over a three-week tour uh, and have about, what, 1% body fat. I mean, they, they're ama- they look emaciated. I don't actually mm-hmm. – I don't actually know how they do it. Um and I've spoken to some people who were elite athletes in other fields and they say that it's not possible to do what they do without some assistance. Um, and and my friend, my good friend who got me into cycling, who was a pro cyclist, um, he, he cycled in the 90s and he was um, a very, very good cyclist and went to, the, the, to Europe on his first tour and it was with the whatever team he was with and he said on the first climb um he said they got dropped like they were standing still and they all they all looked <laughs> at each other and thought how is this possible uh, look it was in the 90, late 90s when obviously it was rife um but he said he made it he had to make a decision he had to either do drugs to compete or if he chose not to retire so he retired at 23 um because he chose that not to do drugs, and um, and I think although yes, it's probably cleaned up. I still think I, I'm still I'm still dubious. So I probably don't watch it as much as I used to. I used to really love the Giro and and the and the Tour de France and the Paris Roubaix is always quite exciting to watch. But um, I, I'm very skeptical. And, and Chris Froome, I've never rate like I just think he's so. I think there's something going on there. I just, I just, I just think I can. I think I can't remember where when it was. It might have been 2014 or 15, and I was really. I used to watch the tour 
every night. Like here, it would start at 10 p.m. Mm. Melbourne or our time, and, and you know you'd be watching it till 2 a.m. I'd watch it every night, and then there was this one. It was when um, Quintana had finished second the year before, and he was he was touted to win, uh, and he was. He, I mean, let's be honest, he was an amazing climber, um, and I think it was Mount Vatu, and Chris Froome rode past him in like the big chain ring, like, like <laughs> standing still, and I'm thinking. Surely that is not possible. And I remember it was quite controversial. There were ex-cyclists saying that's not possible, that climb, it's not possible to do what he's done. And uh, ever since then, I've probably switched off because I thought it's something not right here. It's it's um, it's not possible. And I don't look. I don't think it's as look, in the mountain bike scene. I'm not I'm not au fait with it. But I don't know if it's if it's prevalent there. But certainly with the road scene. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan, and also I think a lot of the riders are—they're like Formula One drivers. They're—they're they're just not um, pretty boring people. They're actually <laughs> boring. Yeah, um, pretty bland. So yeah, I don't look. I certainly, you know, I follow I follow Caleb Ewan a little bit because he's an Aussie and he's a sprinter, and and uh, I was never a, I'll never be a climber, and I'll, I'll certainly. Uh, never be small enough or wide enough. So, yeah, I follow him a little bit. But, again, very loosely. I'm not really into it. But love love actually riding. But, yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with, with um, watching it. And, obviously, you, you sound like you're the same, mate. You're not a massive fan of watching it either. Yeah, I'd rather do than <clears throat> than consume. And, you know, that that story about that, I was, I've gotten into Frisbee golf the past year. Yeah. And uh, we were out playing and picked up this rando. Me and my buddy were playing, and this guy jumped in with us. And uh, and we're we're going along and just playing. And this guy is like, "Oh wow, that guy looks like so and so." And I'm like, "Who's that?" He's like, "Oh, that's like a that's like a pro frisbee guy. He's like super well known." And I'm like, "Dude, <clears throat> I had to set the expectation." I go, "I haven't looked at one like." frisbee dude like so any of the trivia like you could just spare me <laughs> well that's you know that's me cycling mate because i my mates reel off all this stuff and i just i just pretend i know and say oh yeah that yep yep i just smile and say yes but i've got no idea what they're talking about or who they're talking about <laughs> um i just nod to sound like i know what i'm talking about but have no idea and and Again, you know, the Paris-Roubaix was on the the other night. and Look, I watched a little bit of it, fell asleep. But, um, yeah, again, I like that one because there's plenty of action. With, oh, uh, yeah. Carnage. Carnage. <clears throat> it's like a train wreck. you just got to watch it. It's insane. And what they put their bodies through is is crazy. But, um, you know, like I, I look at the average speeds and I'm thinking, my God, you're, you're riding 45 kilometers an hour average over cobblestones. It's just on a road bike, it's just insane. But, um, you know, they're freaks. There's no doubt about it. But um, I'm not convinced that they're all uh, unassisted. But, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe I'm maybe I'm just uh, getting old and, and, and pessimistic. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. I did that ride three years ago. Three of my buddies went over to yeah. Belgium. So we did the the tour of Flanders grand Fondo and we did oh, the wow. Paris Roubaix grand Fondo. And 
<clears throat> dude, I don't know. Do you have rumble strips on the, the yeah. road? Yeah. yeah. Um, picture that, but <laughs> double and for and like kilometers at a time. It yeah. was the single most violent experience I've had on, uh, on a road bike. I mean, I've been over some chunky stuff on gravel and mountain, but I, yeah, I, the, it was just jitter cam in my memories for the whole time. (laughs) Like it was just, (laughs) just crazy. uh, I mean, that's awesome that you've done it, that you've actually, you know, you've, you've actually ridden those cobblestones. That's, that's awesome. But yeah, it's, I can't fathom it. Like I, I, I can't fathom doing that for kilometers on end, but also like you said, you know, it's just rattling your, your brain, everything. Um, and they, and they're so thin, like there's nothing of them. They're just, I, I don't know. Their bones would be rattling. It's, um, <laughs> it's just, it's insane. Like, I, and I, and again, I look at them as, as athletes and, uh, they've got physiques that, I don't would never want. They just no. They just they're just not good looking athletes, you know. Like, you know, some of the sprinters, they at least they look athletic and strong, and, and certainly the track cyclists are huge. But but the, the, those road like those road riders, they're just like if they were walking down the street, you would never think that they could produce the amount of power that they do. Like you just, I look at them and I think, how is that possible? You've got there's nothing of you. Where does it come from? Um, you know, they don't have big, big muscular quadriceps and, you know, like I just, I can't fathom it, but Hey, they've got it. They do it. So it's clearly, it happens. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Um, but yeah, again, they're, um, yeah, no, I've watched, I've watched, I think there was a documentary with, um, Astana team. Yeah, it was 2019, I think. And it was, it was really interesting and took you inside the, the, the bus and, you know, but there's so much infighting and, um, it, again, it reminds me of a Formula One team, you know, the, the lead rider's the man and everyone else is his domestique and mm-hmm. all these, there's all these factions within the group and um, almost like, doesn't look like a lot of fun to me. Well, I wanted to go back to something you had mentioned because I'm in the same boat about being an entrepreneur and then having, um, day jobs that, um, I love what I do and I don't like being busy. I like being productive. And I learned this a few years ago is that you can be an artist in so many different ways. It, you know, confined sometimes in the discussion to, art or music or writing poetry sort of, you know, traditionally the arts, but you know, <clears throat> there's something you may not feel it in the moment, but artistic about getting that PayPal integration to work <laughs> or creating the, because this basically like a designer an artist is creating something out of nothing. And the, you know, designers solving a, a problem. And while it might not be glamorous, the, those, I think what all this has taught me are problem solving skills, but the, the confidence that there's a solution there somewhere yeah. and then it, it just feeds off each other. And so, um, 
yeah, you and I could catch up on Game of Thrones or anything like that, but I'd much rather create these little challenges and roadblocks and overcome them because I think it it just it feathers and spiderwebs into every facet of your life. Yeah, absolutely. No, you. I've never thought of uh, certainly thought of myself as an artist. I have no talent in the arts. Uh, frustrated. Uh, rock and roll star, mate. Would love to be. I'd love to be able to have some musical talent. I love music. <laughs> uh, about as good as I get is singing in the shower. But um, um, yeah, I guess when you put it that way, yeah, you're right. You, when you create something, it doesn't have to be like in the traditional form of art. And um, you know, obviously, the warm front, and you know, you've created something and that you've manufactured something. That's something that. Um, uh, you know, I'm learning and, and trying to, to do with, with, with a new product. And that is a journey. You know, I've learned that. My God, that is, um, that's really, it's really a lot of work to get things that you would think are so simple together. Um, they're not, you know, even from packaging to uh, writing the instruction manual, um, you know, sourcing, the, sourcing the, the, the products and the manufacturers to make them and, it's a process and it takes time and, um, but it is, it is definitely satisfying. Like, you know, when you create something, um, and you hope, I guess you hope that other people like it as much as you do. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something that I'd never considered, never considered being called an artist. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell my kids that I'm an artist. I like that. (laughs) The uh, the last story I want to tell, and this was also a, a watershed, just amazing moment that was related to you and, and Full Beam at the time. Do you remember um, Sonia O'Sullivan? Yes, I do. Yeah, so Sonia O'Sullivan, <clears throat> I'm just reading from her Wikipedia page. She's uh, an Irish uh, track star, and she took silver in the 2000 Olympic games. And um, yeah, if you remember the details, I'd I'd like you to tell it because it was just one of those amazing moments of just this, this company, but also just, you know, my journey as well. If I can remember correctly, I don't remember it in detail, but, and you'll have to help me, but I remember we sent her, a warm front. I think it was an ultra, it would have been an ultralight. I think it was before yeah. league. And she, she absolutely loved it. And I remember, um, I remember seeing her, some of the, um, oh, she wrote, she wrote and, and explained what she thought of it. And, um, and it was, it was amazing because again, you've created something like, and it's gone to a, an, an ex, you know, an Olympian, a silver medalist, which is just phenomenal. But, um, but you've, I think you've had that. You've had a few of those stories, mate. You've, um, I mean, you've done very well with that. Yeah. This one was, this one stood out to me though, because <clears throat> I think she, she met you. So you're in Australia. She's an Irish athlete. Irish athlete yeah. And I, yeah. And then I think we sent one from like your stock in Australia yeah, yeah, somehow. Yeah. 
or like she bought it there and then flew it back to Ireland. And so this thing literally traveled the world. Yeah, it it just needed to come back to the U.S. and it would have literally circumnavigated the globe. Yeah, and then the fact that you know here's somebody that you know knows the the top of her game to be an Olympian and just you know those connections, it just those are priceless, right? Those that wouldn't ever be connected or, or reflected on a a PL sheet or a checking account, but like those things are just, um, I, I still, and that was the beauty of this, even this podcast, right? Is remembering that story and remembering the belief you had in me and our connection and our relationship. And it's just that right then and there, like that was just, there's moments just to make it like that, that was worth it all to get to that point was worth it. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I do remember Sonia and you're right. Yeah. I, I sent her some stock and mm-hmm. it did. She, she, she bought it, she bought it locally in Australia and then she moved, she went back to Ireland and, um, <laughs> what well, you said, it's quite amazing. It went, it, it tracked from Colorado to, to, to Melbourne and Australia. Then I think she might've been in Queensland, I think shipped it to her there and then bang, she, she, heads back to Ireland. So, you know, who would have thought? And, and <laughs> you loved it. And that was even better. So, um, but it, you're right. It is the connections and the people you meet. And um, it, it opens you, it, it just opens you up to different people. Like, I, again, coming to Cycling Late in Life, I, you know, I used to watch people ride and think, oh my God, you know, another person mm-hmm. And then, I became one of those people in Lycra and, um, and, and yeah, really appreciate, appreciate it. But, you know, again, like any, any, any industry, it has, has good people and, and not so good people. I've learned that, you know, in cycling, it's very similar to the, my everyday industry, the audio visual industry. You've got people that are uh, really great to deal with and others that aren't and ethically <laughs> are great. Um, cycling's no different. I've had a few, you know, a few, um, run-ins with people but um in general i keep a pretty low profile and uh just do my thing i don't try and take on the big guys i'm not interested in that just 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 find my little niche that's all i want yeah then i'm i'm happy to be a, a part of it dude so um where can uh, where can people find you i'll post links to bespoke in the in the, the episode but um thank you uh can log on to the website at bespokevelo.com.au um, and it's bespoke, no E. Tried to get a bit creative there, but it was mainly because that's all I could find. Uh, <laughs> to get a business name. Um, a designer, there you go. You designed it. <laughs> there you go. Um, Instagram handle, which I post pretty regularly, is um, just bespoke velo, uh, bespoke underscore velo. Um, Facebook, the same. I uh, can email me. Feel free to email me at anthony at bespokevelo.com.au. I've, I've stepped up in the real world and no longer just have a Gmail email address. I have a proper email address now. <laughs> so pro. <laughs> so pro. So pro, man. So pro. Um, but yeah. Uh, and one of your, one of my favorite Instagram followers is one of your friends who's an ex, who's an Aussie. He knows you. I've got to find his handle because I love his one. I love his posts, and he's he's a comedian. 
and he's great with music. Whenever I play music, he knows who it is. The artist, title, everything, album. It is Encino Velo Cycling Club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> he's, he's a funny man. He's a funny man. So he, I'll send him a note. He he's a great he's a great Instagram follower of uh, Bespoke Velo. He comments regularly and um, and always provides me some entertainment. So uh, I do. I think he's Australian. He is. He's got okay. He's got on his uh, his Instagram profile. He, we teach cycling and sarcasm, not necessarily in that order, and we love <laughs> dogs rule. And then he has the Aussie flag and the and the US flag. So yeah, he's uh, he's an Aussie of some description. <laughs> he's a character man i've known him for a long time I'll, I'll i'll reach out <laughs> does, he live, does he live locally to you or no in another state or uh encino is actually in california yeah encino of course yeah yeah so yeah. i met him through uh the bike industry but just uh just uh yeah <laughs> man he's but a character he's- but he's 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 great on the music, mate. I, if there was ever a music trivia night, I'd I'd invite him along because he's uh, very good, very good on the music. Oh yeah, it's, it's um. But yeah, like you know, there's another. There's you know, we talk about connections. There's you know, one of your one of your friends follows Bespoke Velo, and he's he's awesome. Really good to really really nice guy and funny. So um, it's all about connections and. I don't know how many thousands of miles away we are, but you know the world we live in now, we're, we're kind of close because of things like this. You know, we, yeah. we can talk to each other, and um, and it's nice to actually see, you know, see you instead of via email. It's actually nice to see see some live video and and um, and talk talk and talk shoot the breeze and and just have some fun. Um, yeah, but yeah, mate, it's it's been awesome, and I appreciate you having me on, and appreciate your support over the years because um, you've always always been there to help. Uh, nothing's ever been too much, and um, yeah, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, and <clears throat> right back at you, my friend. Like, thank you for your support and your your mentorship and your leadership and your support. Like, it it really means a lot, and it it always seems to happen at the exact right time that I need it. Like I would just get an email from Australia is sort of like, uh, like just, uh, just a little tailwind. So I uh, thank you so much for that. Pleasure, mate. Thank you. Thank you for the support. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Anthony. I really appreciate it. You take care. Episodes of this podcast are produced and written by me, Matt Sodnikar. The intro was engineered by good friend Cole Weinman, and our original score theme song, Retro Funk, was composed by previous guest and good friend Randy Wiafe. I also have two requests. If you like this show, please share it with a friend who you think might like it, and also take the time to show them how to listen to a podcast, either on Apple, Transistor, or Spotify. And I know you know somebody out there that would make a fantastic guest. And if you do, please shoot me an email to podcast at thewarmfront.com. Thanks for listening.